Welcome to Hannah's Heart. So Hannah, she's just one of the women who did struggle with infertility in the Bible. No matter who we are, we can be inspired by the fact that Hannah took her pain to God and God heard her and was with her. So when she was praying at the temple, she had been weeping and not eating and her lips were moving, but her eyes were closed and the priest was like, why are you drunk at the temple? Because <laughs> yeah. it can become an obsession when you want Wanting a child so deeply. And desiring that baby and to be a mama. Every holiday, every Mother's Day. This is not a show that's going to promise you a certain outcome. But this is a show that says, however God answers your cry, we know that He's enough. Hey everybody, this is Kendra. And I'm Anne with Hannah's Heart. That's right, on American Family Radio. We're glad you're here. Um, We are so excited about today's program. We have some guests that possibly the most prestigious... most spectacular <laughs> guests we will ever have on Anna's That's heart. right. At least we have to say it while they're in the room. Huh? That's true. That's true. They are no, true. our moms. They are mamas. We obviously would not be here without them. That's right. That's right. They're super special people. I know you have a wonderful relationship with your mama, yes. and I do too. And we are just, we've ex- talked about this episode for a long time and I've had to talk to Lisa over and over and over again about coming on the show. (laughs) Behind the scenes on your mama a couple weeks ago we were recording for Hannah's Heart and I needed someone to watch Baby Girl while we came and Eric said who's watching our daughter when you go and I said oh Ann's mom and he said have you met her? (laughs) I said no actually I haven't so I just trust that if she's Ann's mom she's gotta be great. She's the best. (laughs) And she was. She did not disappoint. I I would gladly leave Jane with with Karen. Yes, thank you. (laughs) After meeting her. (laughs) But no, I love your mama and my mama. Should we bring up the first time how I met your parents? Oh my goodness, please no. Please no. (laughs) We'll we'll keep that one behind the scenes. Let's just say she she got to know my family, the the real raw side real quick. I felt like family within the first 30 seconds. (laughs) Well, part of the the reason we want to talk about this topic is um, we have talked in the past about... um, you know, you sometimes you have expectations for yourself when right. you're struggling with infertility or miscarriage, but you also have these expectations for wanting your parents to be grandparents. Sure. And that desire. And there's this whole other, you know, infertility doesn't just affect you and your spouse. It affects your whole family. Right. Um, especially when they're praying and interceding and helping you walk through that journey. So we wanted to have the mama's perspectives yeah. today. So we're glad you're here. Mama, you want to introduce yourself? You want me to introduce you? <laughs> she nods. <laughs> She's just nodding. One. <laughs> um, my mom's name is Lisa, and we she lives in Tupelo, Mississippi, the same place that I live, and we've lived here for a long time, since I was like three. And uh, like I said earlier, we do have such a great relationship, a sweet friendship that I feel like mm. we've developed from long time ago, day one. And um, so her watching me walk through infertility, it kind of shocked her, I think, maybe more than it shocked me. Mm. Um, And so I know her heart was definitely not prepared um, to watch her daughter struggle to have a baby because Mm. it's something that she never struggled with. It's rare. I never dealt with it before. Right. (laughs) And so I think it almost shocked her. She was like, what? What do you mean infertility? You know, so um, I'm interested to talk more about that and let the listeners hear from her side of the story today. Awesome. And my mom's Karen. Mom, say hi. Hi there. (laughs) She um, uh, adopted three um, and was in foster care. Um, My mom and dad met through um, a Methodist children's home where they both worked. 
And so they're familiar with adoption as well as um, I have a biological brother and myself. And we also have the same story of being BFFs. And she knows my heart possibly closer than anyone and was able to walk through this journey really closely with me. So. But I have to do it long distance now because I'm still in Kentucky. Yes. And she yeah. moved to Tupelo, Mississippi. Yes. So. <laughs> to get to work for AFA. But I get lots of visits. And especially now that there's a, a grandbaby, we get a few extra <laughs> <Yeah>. visits. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So they're special, special people. And I'm sure that our listeners, a lot of our listeners have the same story. Mm -hmm. You know, they're super close with their moms, but at the same time, their moms have no idea what it's like Mm -hmm. to be now in this situation. Some moms might, you know, some moms might have the same story, but um, it seems like infertility is affecting a lot of women. It's growing. It's everyone. It's so many people. The numbers are just staggering. Um, year to year, as yeah. it seems like more and more yes. people are struggling with infertility miscar- and miscarriage. Yeah. Well, we want to jump right in. Yeah. Um, and, and first off, if you guys could just kind of tell us, well, each of you, maybe we'll start with Miss Lisa to warm her up. <laughs> <laughs> um, just what kind of was your expectations before you knew and struggled with infertility for your daughter? Well, I didn't really have any expectations. I just had dreams. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, just, you know, you get married, you have time with your husband a little bit, and then all of a sudden you start talking when, you know, maybe you're going to plan to start a family. In natural and, order. Yeah, you know, in that order. And um, they had a plan, you know. She's talked about it before, you know, maybe wait a couple of years. And so then it just didn't happen, and then we thought maybe in another year, and you know, we throw in a prayer every now and then, you know, maybe that would happen, you know. And then um, I started doing crazy things like <laughs> buying a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> she had a baby drawer and I filled it up. <laughs> My mom has a hope chest. She, she had a, a whole closet. <laughs> Well, and I had given them things before they ever left home for their hope chest. Just yeah. a few things for all three girls I, I did. Um, just one or two things. and But I really started stacking it on for Anne because mm. she was married and I was mm-hmm. ready. Getting that, like, stage of life. Yeah. That. I was ready, yeah. you know. I was ready when they were ready, so. Well, you had a basket first. Yeah, I did have a basket. And you were filling up that basket and she would show me things. And at first it was sweet. It was like, oh, that's so fun. That's, <laughs> you know, yeah. Oh, that's so cute, you know. Um, and then the basket, each time she showed it to me, it got more stuff in it <laughs> and more stuff in it. And then it was like, okay, now you can take it to your house. And then we started filling up a drawer in my house. And then that drawer got full, mm. and it bothered me really, really bad. Mm. And she, I didn't say that, like, stop buying me stuff, but that's what I started feeling in my it heart. It was like a painful reminder that yeah. the baby's not here yet. Right, because I don't have a use for this right now, mm. and my drawer's full. Like, where else? Do you want me to start mm. another drawer, you know? Um, and so, yeah, one day it kind of came out. <laughs> one day it came out very unexpectedly yeah. because, you know, Anne's mm. kind, and she has a soft voice. Mm. <laughs> And she said, just start taking it to your house. And I said, <laughs> why? You know, mm-hmm. what? <laughs> I was so oblivious to what might mm. be going on. You know, what's wrong? You know, and I thought, well, I must have said something mm. maybe, you know, or something. So I said, okay, I'll start, you know. So I'd, well, it hurt your feelings. Yeah, it, yeah. it did hurt my feelings, but I thought it was maybe just not a good thing 
time for me to bring something, you know. Mm. I had no idea what she was going through. Mm. She was keeping it to herself, her and Will. So, because mm. well, um, at that time I hadn't been diagnosed with anything, it was mm-hmm. like pre any of that. You don't so have I was information like, to share. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, like it was just like silent fears. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, um, that's when I guess kind of talk began after that because I did. Yeah. I we talked about it again, and I apologized. You know, like I shouldn't have because I yelled at her. I was like, I don't want it. Just stop, mm-hmm. stop bringing it to me. Mm-hmm. And um, and so anyway, I obviously apologized for responding to her that way. But I did finally tell her. I was like, it hurts my feelings every time you bring me something now, and I have no use for this. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, it, that kind of opened up conversation after that, and then. It wasn't too too many months longer that I had a doctor's appointment, and then the story got started mm-hmm. from there. Mm-hmm. All right, Mama, how about you? You had your own set of expectations. In fact, you had your own uh, closet of clothes before I was <laughs> even married. Tell us about I, it. I love to shop for clothes, so that's <laughs> and I have lots of grandkids all over. So, um, well, my story started first with Kendra waited longer to get married. Um, she has been praying for the right guy. There's been a lot of godly guys that came by, but she said, I don't feel that's the one. Mm-hmm. So we knew that we were getting older. She mm-hmm. married at 30. Mm-hmm. And so expectations were somewhere she's going to be a mom. She's wanted to be a mom her whole life. She was played with baby dolls more than Barbies. <laughs> um, she went to China, and she fell in love with this little girl named Annie who was handicapped at an orphanage and and she said mom can I bring her home (laughs) and I was not married at that point so I knew that um, God was going to take care of this you know his ways are higher than ours Um, I got caught off a little bit when she married Eric and he was in a wheelchair and I thought okay um, we're just going to pray for the miracle, mm-hmm. you know, because we're going to pray that he can walk and that this will not. So we didn't know whether Kendra could have babies. We didn't think there'd be a problem, but we knew with a wheelchair there was going to be difficulty. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we prayed for the miracle. We're still praying for the miracle and believe that God can heal. Mm-hmm. Um, but God had to work through the other ways. So the whole time, I didn't have expectations, mm-hmm. just a lot of faith that it was going to work out somehow. You were really compassionate to me mm-hmm. during that time of trying to figure out if um, I was supposed to marry Eric because some moms would say, oh, well, if, if I can't have grandbabies, no, mm-hmm. move on. And you you wanted God's will for both mm-hmm. of us. And so you were very compassionate about hearing my heart as I was working through surrendering. And, and basically, for those that haven't heard my story, God just said, trust me, which is the scariest two words, because it wasn't like, sure. I promise I'll get you a child. It right. was just trust me. Yeah. And I felt like he was calling me to, to marry this man. And he said, I'm going to work out the details. Just trust me. So I appreciate your your tenderness um, in those conversations. Yeah. So how, Miss Karen, how did you initially respond when you found out, okay, this will now Definitely. be a problem? Well, we just started praying more. You just started saying, you know, Eric is a fantastic guy. He was just the one that God called her to be with. And um, God knew this ahead of time, but he also put that desire in her heart to be a mom. I think you had more faith and hope than I did, (laughs) which was really helpful because there were times when I would get the like statistics of like, oh, you know, naturally you conceiving the odds are almost zero, you know, 1%. And I would focus on those numbers sometimes and you would remind me. Yes. Well, and and I know also that the Lord, I believe the Lord is coming soon. Mm -hmm. And I said, Lord, if it's not time to have a child in this this Mm -hmm. time, then you've got a different plan. And you've been very active with AFA and doing a lot of great things. And I said, Lord, this is why you're delaying it right now. Mm 
Mm-hmm. This is the purpose and the time. And yes, I would like to have a grandbaby I can hold here mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. play with, but um, we just have to wait. And mm-hmm. waiting is hard. So, so in the same way that Ann and I had to hold loosely our desire to be a mom and surrender that to the Lord, sometimes grandparents have to do the same right, thing. Right. Uh, Mama, you want to tell your story about... I feel like there are some times that I feel like I disappointed you many, and I'm not saying you put that on me, but throughout the years of desiring a baby myself and then having to let you know, like, no, this wasn't the month. No, this, your Christmas present isn't. Cause we had a time she thought that she was some, I gave you a, like, <laughs> I gave her like a sweet saying about a house or something. I, I don't remember what it was, but it was talking about me always feeling like I can come home. Yeah. And it was, I thought it was going to be sweet. And then I see her like having trouble reading it and has nothing to do with a baby, but she's like, you're pregnant? And oh. I was like, no. I didn't, like, this is in front of everybody opening the no, Christmas She had gone to the doctor for a wellness checkup. Yeah. But I yeah. didn't believe her. I thought, <laughs> I thought she was just telling me that because she had to get a blood test. Yeah. She had to do some more things. And then she gave me this little picture It was framed. Of, yeah. And, and I, it was in this little pretty writing. And I couldn't read it without my reading glasses, and I didn't have my reading glasses when we were opening gifts. And so I was like, in my mind, I had worked myself up to, this is a baby announcement, you know. And so I was like, you're going to have a baby, you know. And, and, it was like, and so it was I did that to Anne in front of our whole family, you know. But she did. I mean, she was not mean. Not intentional, to do, right? No, right. I would but it's never. things. It's things like that that you have to deal with as a mother-daughter relationship. Mm-hmm. As when the daughter is struggling with infertility, a mom is wanting a baby for more for me. She knew how bad I mm-hmm. was desiring to have a baby and will, and so she's sitting there wanting it for us. But then she's also desiring that for herself mm-hmm. too. You know, I remember praying at one point, saying, "Lord." If, if you won't do it for Eric and I, do it for uh-huh. my mom. Oh, same. Yeah. <laughs> I prayed that one. Uh, same. She's well, such we a know, great woman. We, and we know how great moms you're going to be. We mm-hmm. know the the, um, mm. the love you have for the Lord. We know the, the passion you have for, for um, kids. I don't know if you did a lot of working with kids at oh, church yes, and did. everything. Yeah. <laughs> and did. so we as moms see that. And, um, you know, we know it hurts. It hurts when you see younger people having baby number two mm, and mm-hmm. three. I, I had a friend who worked at a right to life mm-hmm. and she, she wasn't being able to have children. And th- this one girl came in that was pregnant with her third or fourth. And she goes, I just wanted to look at this girl and go, how are you doing that? Yeah. <laughs> how how uh-huh. are you doing that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's, but it's in timing. It's in God's timing. And um, well, dealing with the question of, of disappointing parents, um, both Ann and I have said, you know, you guys didn't make us feel like, oh, like this pressure or expectation, but it's just this um, inside pressure that we put on ourselves to want to give you grandkids. And because of that, mom, um, when I started my fertility journey, um, Eric and I did not tell you of when we were trying different things because for two reasons. One, I wanted to be able to, if we conceived, have that moment of surprising you Mm -hmm. and telling you. And I had dreamed about that. And that was something that I had to lay down at the altar because the way our story ended up, you knew when we were trying um, on our third fertility treatment right. and we ended up telling you guys and because we were like okay this time we need prayer <laughs> forget the surprise <laughs> we just need you to pray but the first two you probably felt maybe a little out of the loop what was that like we figured something was going on 
Uh, we remember we accidentally had the oh 360 gosh, yes. on when they were in Florida one day, and I went. It's like a, a location tracking app. Yeah. We we went to Florida for this special treatment uh, that uh, yep. my husband had to get. It's only certain places in the U.S. that can do it, and we thought so, we were so sneaky. I said, "What are you doing in Florida?" Forgot to turn the <laughs> app off. She was like, "Miami, what are you doing?" <laughs> we were like busted. <laughs> but after that, yeah, now uh, Albany that, wasn't that hard to oh, get to you know without what? people. We knowing. were excited to walk through that process, you know, and we have a lot of prayer warriors back home. So Mm -hmm. you're telling all your friends, we have, I work with um, a group that's 50 and older, young at heart. And so all those old, older ladies are all praying and, and asking. So they all feel very close to this baby having never met her. You know, the the first two treatments that I did, I understand if if our listeners decide, I don't want to tell people exactly what's going on family. I understand if you choose that, but I will say having not told for two treatments and then one treatment telling everybody, well, not everybody, but I, I told specific people. people that I yeah. knew would pray. I felt the prayer covering, um, and and you were praying in general before, mm-hmm. but it was nice to be able to say, okay, on this day, Specific, specifically yeah, pray specific for this, prayer. and to yeah. feel that prayer covering was yeah. um, was a real blessing. Now mm-hmm. it was a trade off of you kind of knew a few weeks later. <laughs> right. <laughs> there was Any an expectation. Yeah. <laughs> Anything yeah. to tell? Yeah. 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 Now we were we were the same way. I think the first two IUIs we didn't tell anybody what we were doing, and then the next two we did, which those still were not successful. But it's a interesting thing to also share this information with your parents it's because it's yeah. very private, yes. and then you're like, nobody else has to talk to their yes. parents this much about <laughs> yes. this side of their life so um it's it's all very very interesting mom you were saying something yeah. about that i was saying i knew that kendra was a very modest um person and knowing that the process you were going through i began to pray mm-hmm. in a long way because it's not it is, fun it's <laughs> not fun for you guys for either of you you yeah. know and and so i just began to pray through that i thought this is going to be challenging for us. There's oh, yeah. nothing romantic oh, yeah. about fertility <laughs> <Nope>. treatments. <laughs> nope. No. Um, so, yeah. Ooh. But, uh, yeah, so those were things it was hard for me to tell at first because then you're mm-hmm. also like, well, what's an IUI? <laughs> yes. And then to go through that, a whole explanation is like, <laughs> what do you have to do to make an IUI? Yeah, and I'm yeah. not going to make eye contact with you anymore. <laughs> yes. um, so what, um, what were things that you would pray for our husbands and I, or us, yeah. however you want to word that, as we were walking through the, this stuff. Um, when I would read my Bible, um, whenever I would read about how Jesus had healed someone, mm-hmm. um, especially whenever he healed a woman, um, when the lady touched his mm-hmm. the hem of his garment, mm-hmm. you know, and then I would think about, like, uh, Lydia, when Jesus laid his hand Mm. just laid his hand or just said and i would just beg him please please jesus just please put your hand on her little tummy Mm. and just heal what is stopping her from conceiving a baby and it it just you know because you know it can happen Mm -hmm. yes it happens every day you know it happened then, and miracles happen every day. Some people think that they don't, but they do. Mm-hmm. And they did, because mm. we have two miracles <laughs> right here. Amazing. Our babies are miracles. They, yes. are. they are. They are nothing less. Yes, they are. Um, and so 
um, I shared with Ann and Kathy one time when mm-hmm. we were there at, the ha- at your house about how I, I'm going to get my story confused because I'm on medicine. <laughs> but um, I think it was Lydia that had passed away, and she was known for making mm. all the fine clothes yeah, and yeah, everything. Yeah. And he went and he woke her up and said, "Give her something to eat." And I was sharing, you know, I was like, "If he can wake Lydia up, you know, she had just passed away. We don't even know why, you know." And all her friends were upset. And mm. He just went and woke her up. Can he just? do a miracle for mm. Anne, you know, or for Will, whichever way it goes, you know, and mm. she had, you know, had things done mm-hmm. with her doctors yeah. and stuff, and, um, and like I said, this was so foreign to me and our whole family. Mm-hmm. We didn't have anyone in our family that had ever struggled with infertility. Have y'all had anyone? Nope. So it, it was just so far. I remember Ann saying that you'd said, I'm sorry, I, it was easy for us. And she's like, thanks, Mom. This is <laughs> help. <laughs> Not <Yeah>. helpful. <laughs> can, I, can I say what my, my brother-in-law used to call me? No. Bob. Okay. <laughs> no, we're on American Family Radio. <laughs> he had a very funny oh, nickname. Well, he called me, but we'll it just was, say uh, you both were easily fertile. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. yes. That Fertility was, was not a problem yeah. for you. Um, but he was joking. You yeah, know. that's funny. Um, it, it, mm. it, you know, and so. Well, just, I love how you clung to all of those stories of healing in yeah, the Bible to just, be. God is the same yesterday, yeah. today, and forever. Right. If he's the same, then the same God who raised people from the dead can Lazarus. truly yes, just right. create life that. in a womb. Four mm. days later. Mm. So what are some things that y'all would tell other parents watching their grown children walk through infertility? Well, you all probably are already covering them with prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pray, Lord, is there anything hindering this? Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything that has to be knit together differently, Father? Show us, you know, what that is. Are there any open doors we need to go through? Um, and I wouldn't, I don't know if any of you are putting the pressure on because we do know our, our daughters and sons will make great parents. Um, so I would just say relax, be mm-hmm. patient, and, um, you know, and ride through the waves with them. It's disappointing, mm-hmm. like I said, when the next cousin is on baby mm-hmm. five and you're yeah. still mm-hmm. still praying, like, mm-hmm. and you have to go to baby showers and you're sitting there and you just ride through with them and maybe an occasional, you're doing okay. You know, just without, listening yeah. was huge for, yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, I remember when Eric and I had our, our miscarriage, um, I was so emotional and you're the person that I tell everything to. <laughs> I couldn't even call you initially. Mm. We sent a text message. Mm. <laughs> we did. I'm sorry you had to get that information in a text message. Yeah. But um, it was like, I just, I don't even know. It, it, the emotions were so raw. Mm. So to have, and you just sent a prayer back. Um, and knowing knowing when to speak and, and when to just listen was, was really awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing that my, I feel like my mom got good about, um, she would just say, like, if you want to talk to me about it, I do want to know. I always mm-hmm. want to know, mm-hmm. but you don't. You don't have ever to. have to tell me mm-hmm. if you. You know, and so that that freed me up from feeling like I had to call her every doctor's. She would want to know about. I would tell her about the doctor's appointment coming up or whatever. Because usually, sometimes it was weekly, sometimes it was twice a week. Um, and so I would tell her, but she she you got to the point that you were you understood that it was hard for me to then call you after every doctor's appointment mm-hmm. to tell you because sometimes there was nothing to tell, mm-hmm. and so. Um, 
anyway, I will say that, that was something good for me to be freed of not having to mm-hmm. feel like I had to fill in every everything. That's really good. <laughs> well, and, and telling parents, God is a God of miracles, and you might get a bad report and you, where they say, oh, chances are you'll never have a baby. You say, well, I'm going to take that report to the Father, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he will tell me mm-hmm. um, what I That's need good. to do, and and you mm. hope is, you know, you just keep putting your hope in the mm. Lord. And maybe he has a whole brand new family that's out there that already needs a mom, you mm-hmm. know, and that that's might right. be the plan. Mm-hmm. Well, that's we right. just have a little time left in the program, but I would love for each of our moms to pray, if y'all don't mind, over our listeners. Um, just to, uh, any, you could either pray for parents that have a child struggling with infertility or the children. I keep yeah. it short. Can we pray for the parents? Um Most gracious Heavenly Father God, I just pray to thank you for this opportunity to sit with our girls and see how they've put their hearts and their souls into helping other people. I pray for this one young lady that's out there. She was in the same shoes. She is in the same shoes that Anne and Kendra were in. I pray to God that you would just put your healing hand on her little tummy and help her to conceive a child if it's your will, Lord because that's what we want is your will Mm -hmm. in Jesus' name. And Father, we lift up everyone that's listening who is desiring to have a baby, Lord. You know the tears that have been shed. You know the um, anxiety when they um, go to a doctor and when they wait for that monthly result to see if there is a baby. And we ask, Father, that you would give them the patience to trust you. You are a, a God who loves them and you have a purpose and a plan for them. And I pray, Father, that um, you would just be with these families and we just thank you. We put the, your, their future into your hands. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're going to do. We love you, Lord. Thank you for listening to Hannah's Heart. 